Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five this evening. This is Football Saturday, the first one of the new season. So good to be back. Remember our football coverage and Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off The Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. Listen on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for Periscope and Twitter at Off The Ball. YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. Delighted to be joined by the former Republic of Ireland international and five-time league champion with Liverpool Mark Lawrence and football correspondent of the Irish Independent Dan McDonnell and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward Dan and Johnny in studio how are you getting on lads great to be back Hi JD JD yeah back into that sort of routine yeah it doesn't feel like it's that long since the last one no it doesn't it is only August 6th but uh, look a new season Uh, sun is out everywhere and this is what it's all about I'm looking at the TV screen here Leeds and Wolves and yeah bring it on storylines galore big time Big time, Johnny. They're everywhere. Yeah, Liverpool um, already kind of possibly playing catch-up, GD. They were they were quite poor, I thought. Um, they just played like a team that hadn't played pre-season at all. The first half in particular, they were never got going. And I think if you're a Fulham fan, you're definitely encouraged. Mitrovic, um, Dan always likes having a wager on him to be top scorer in the championship. And the question is, like, will he score goals in Premier League? But great start for him, played very well. And Fulham pressed hard. And... I don't know, I'd be just a little bit worried about Liverpool today. I thought they were very, very flat. Took an age to get going and two points dropped. Well, it, when you're talking about the points are, what, 90 in the 90s and 100s, every mm. every every three points is crucial. Absolutely. I, sp- I, you know, I suppose it is. And you can look back. I mean, I wouldn't, I never read too much into the first game of no. the season. I think um, they were very flat. I think they could have nicked it, but I think it's, they they got they produced a performance that deserved to drop points if you know what I mean right you know it's sort of it's I think Fulham were were good value for it although when Liverpool applied a little bit of pressure on their defence and and Nunes gave them a bit of a presence all of a sudden you can possibly even see why Fulham have brought in Shane Duffy probably just to maybe command that area a bit but I think. In a way, I, to go back to the broader point of the, I mean, the title race it sort of seems absurd to be talking about that, but in, in the sense that, like at times Liverpool and Man City are so good that they can get away with bad performances, but then their individual brilliance will just dig them out of a hole. But it's probably only right sometimes that it doesn't, and I think this will be one of those examples. Laro, good afternoon. What did you make of the two-all draw there at Craven Cottage, Fulham, Liverpool? I'm uh, just not quite at it. Uh, take nothing away from Fulham. I thought they were extremely competitive. The boy in midfield, is, was it Pereira? Is, uh, the boy they signed from Portugal. He was good, wasn't he, Laurel? Ah, he was e- absolutely excellent. Um, yeah, they looked decent. Two good goals as well, but obviously Mitovic. I mean, to, to get the second one as well, to invite Van Dijk to the to the tackle was, was a brilliant piece of play. I've never seen him do that before, in all honesty. Mitovic, I mean. Um, so they just weren't quite at it, John. But look, they will be. I'll, you know, don't really worry about it. It's the first game. You don't even know when you play the first game how fit you are. Right. So, and the, the only way you can judge that is by the team that you played against. And to be honest with you, Fulham, Fulham had gone after about 65 minutes-ish. Yeah. And, you know, you suddenly thought Liverpool are going to absolutely cruise through this, but they got, obviously, the important second goal for them with the penalty. But um, they've got a game tomorrow against Aston Villa. Uh, behind closed doors so I think the idea about that for Liverpool is that the boys who didn't play the full 90 minutes or just a part of it will play in 
it's probably what they call a bounce game, which will be three 30 minutes and you just bring players on and off. So I think the manager's already saying to you, look, but not every, every one of us isn't fit yet. But they'll be disappointed. We can hear it in his voice. They'll be disappointed not to win, but... Um, a draw was just about all they deserved, really. What, what surprised me, Laura, was Liverpool couldn't get on the ball in the first half. Like they, their midfield just no. couldn't just couldn't get on the ball. No, Thiago looked way off the pace, didn't he? Mm. I mean, I, I can hardly remember. You know how good his passing as well. It wasn't particularly good. Mid- midfield, they were completely outsmarted. I mean, I think Fulham were very, very good. Yeah. Whether they can keep that up throughout the course of the season remains to be seen. But I tell you, what was good for for, for Fulham was that the balls they got in to Mitrovic were balls that they play through to him in the Championship. And that's why he scores so many goals. And I mean, his first goal was just classic Mitrovic. If they can do that on a regular basis, he'll get a lot of goals. Um, yeah. But obviously, you know, they've got to work extremely hard to keep the ball against the majority of teams in the league. Yeah, even uh, some of Mitrovic in general play. Like, mm, like, uh, it's mm. funny because he is the championship flat track bully. But the one thing is, we've probably experienced it in Ireland's qualifying group. He's been so good for Serbia. Like the big games against Portugal, he delivered. And it looks like he's actually maybe he's gone to another level, Mitrovic, you know, in yeah. terms of his performance level. And if he can. I was, you know, we're going to talk across the show, I know, about various predictions and stuff. And I probably was thinking about Fulham in the bottom three. And I was thinking, hmm, now if you have a striker like Mitrovic, and if they can give him that service across the season, as Laura mentions, that's like the difference. That's there'll the difference. There'd be nothing like um, the, the 24-7 nature of life for us to all change our predictions. Um, <laughs> After day, one day, I, yeah. I'm not overreacting to the first game, but I'm yeah, changing yeah. all of my predictions. predictions yeah. uh, by the way, enough in Fulham, JD, to think that they'll be competitive in a lot yeah. of games. They were good. Like, it wasn't a fluke at all. The first half, they were very good. They pressed hard. They looked like a team that knew what they were doing. And uh, they're definitely in the race now to avoid the drop, I think. Marco Silva, uh, who'd, have, who'd have thunk it? Uh, Leeds nil Wolves won. So Daniel Podence has scored at Allen Road early doors for Wolves and Bournemouth won Aston Villa nil with Jefferson Lerma scoring so interesting scores already in the Premier League in the three o'clock kickoffs. Um, Darwin Nunes got the goal then Mark so how did he look? Yeah um, he, well he had, a, he had a few chances as well didn't he? Look he, he hardly knows the players he's, he's, he's going to score loads of goals John he, he really seriously is and I don't know whether you saw in the Community Shield last week the, the clip of him Salah and uh, Diaz running forward at pace it was like a 100-metre sprint. If, if it gets the right service, which you will at Liverpool, he'll score a bundle of goals. Um, and yeah, Mane's gone, but no, he's, he's a player, this fella. So um, I'm actually surprised he didn't start with him, but obviously started with Firmino, but we never we never really saw Firmino. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for this, this guy. I think he's going to be a real top player. I think it's going to be interesting, though, to see how the players sort of learn to run off him, if you know what I mean, because he's that sort of yeah. focal point... Um, central striker that like he gives them a sort of a different option and you can even see the Salah goal the second goal it's it's still the the Nunes presence that almost creates it and it's just about that understanding yeah. with the lads around them and the, it could be lethal yeah and then if you throw into the mix Jota um, you know Jota who's obviously he's been outstanding since he's been at the club and you know he's a little bit different from the other three as well. He appears late in the box, good with his head, as we know. Um, always seems to find space. Firmino. So, no, I think uh, once Nunes gets used to everybody, once everybody gets used to Nunes, I, th- I think he's going to be great. Do you think, Mark, that the midfield three is possibly the weakest area of the Liverpool team? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, 
you know what I think about Thiago, but he just, he was an addict today. And I don't know whether, how early he's, he looks like he got a little bit of a strain in his hamstring. So he might be away for a little bit. Um, they're a little bit much of a muchness otherwise, aren't they? This is why, this is why the, you know, the two, the two young kids have come on. Um, I think he really wants to push them, but he knows with young players that you get four or five very good performances and then there's a bit of a drop-off. Um, but yeah, you could argue, you could argue they are missing a player from midfield. And really, a player, well, a much younger version of Thiago, but with legs, if that makes any sense. I don't, Thiago's passenger, he was just so off today, like it was... Yeah. Um, it was strange. Not like him, that. No, not not at all. Or like, and after the season that he's had, I, 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 you know, I'm feeling that he's going to be a key player for Liverpool this season. But um, I don't know. He just couldn't get going at all. Yeah, Harvey no. Elliott was bright. Yeah, that's the feeling that he might be the. Mm. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, that that as as sort of Laurel mentions, like you know, he's not necessarily going to put his trust in him, like you know, yeah, across yeah, a sustained yeah. period. But he definitely brought something that they'd lacked in his sort of cameo. He did himself no harm. No. They, uh, they think they think Curtis Jones will come back this year. You know, he had that. He came. He burst onto the scene, scored that goal against Everton. Outstanding performances. And last year, he was he was found out basically. Then he got a few knocks, missed a few games. And uh, according to, yes, I was at a training ground yesterday doing something. And they were saying that he, he's been looking really, really sharp. But of course, he's injured now as well, isn't he? But they're hoping that that, that he's going to kick on also. Can they retain the consistency then, Mark? Like it was like they played nearly every game last season. You think about it, ninety-two points out of nine, uh, you know, in the league. Uh, yeah. You know, got yeah, to, they can. John. Can they, you know, ninety-four goals last season? Can they retain that consistency that got them to yeah. win two cups and get the Champions League final? Yeah, they can. There's no reason why they can't. I don't just you know. I think the bottom line with it, and it, you, you won't admit it with the club, is he would have probably wanted at least another ten days with them training. Mm. Um, they did. They did the usual, which is you go and play thousands and thousands of miles away for millions and all that kind of stuff, um, which never helps players, you know, with all the jet lag and all that rubbish. But he didn't seem to have, I don't think, as long in Austria this time round because of obviously the shortened space in between the finish of the last season and uh, the start of this season. And um, that's because that's basically that. I don't know whether he does ten days, two weeks in Austria. That's the real nitty-gritty in terms of the pre-season. Sometimes, I think I've told you before, sometimes it's three sessions a day and it's it's hell. Um, so, which is probably why he's got the game tomorrow. And you know what? This is just going to be such an interesting season because I wouldn't mind betting that as, as the season goes on, before, just you know, a couple of weeks before we get to November, I think World Cup starts in November, doesn't it? Yeah. I think there's only is it eight or nine days after the last league game that, that you play your first game in the competition, I think, or, or something very, very close. That's correct, yeah. No, it's that sort of border, that, that ballpark, yeah. yeah. But I think what will be interesting is is, that, is the performances of the players who are going, which might be a little bit, oh, World Cup, never been there before, I don't really want to get injured. Um, you know, I think that's, I think that's going to be a, a, a massive, massive thing and then also... How they come back, Laurel, as well, like... It's what? How they come back afterwards as well, like... Well, that's it. That's it. And that's, and that's the other thing. Not only them, then think about... So we're, we're thinking automatically, ah, oh, well, all, all the players that stay behind, you know, they'll be good, they'll be fit, they'll be this, that and the other. But they, they won't, have played, won't play any games, will they? 
And, you know, being fit to play football and playing football when you're fit is completely different because, you know, your touch goes. I mean, that's why sometimes when you've seen teams in the Champions League final who had two weeks off or so, they're not quite at it because you lose that touch. And you, and you can't, you know, you can't replicate that touch in games because before the final, because you don't want anybody injured. So... It's, it's going to be a real strange season, this, I think. I really do. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Sorry, John. I, I think that's a key. I don't think you can talk about this season without that being sort of at the, a yeah, centre point. Yeah. That I think, like, mm. I think City have more players than Liverpool away. It might be like 15 or 16 players possibly. The United gone. have the most away. Is it really? Yeah. And like Liverpool do have some important players who aren't. Like, you know, Salah yeah, is Salah. the obvious one. Um, Diaz as well. And Matip. There's a, yeah, so like... Robertson. So, I mean, there's all this dynamic and, and as Johnny mentions, like the, the coming back, the fact, I mean, it's just insane. And I saw Klopp talking about it the other day and he's completely right. I understand this, the sanctity of the Stevens Day or the Boxing Day sort of round of fixtures and all, but this desire to get the Premier League going again eight months, eight, eight days or so after the final. Now, I know everyone's not going to be in the final. You know, I, you know, I get that. But yeah. um, it, it's just... Like it's it's almost going to be this sort of a sports science challenge as well too. And man's and players are disgraced. Yeah, and it's just yeah. managing the the workloads, and you kind of wonder because also they're cramming a lot of Champions League weeks then into the early period of the season. Obviously, that there's going to be you know, sort of back to back European weeks and stuff. So, um, while you would assume the better clubs would be reasonably comfortable in their Champions League groups, it's you know you could end up in a slightly stressful situation if you're a bit unlucky. Um, so I, I think there's all these variables to be thrown into it. Um, that that sort of it's sort of a, it's a real sort of off the field management challenge as well as sort of how teams are are shaping up on it. Uh, goals for Southampton and Spurs: James Ward-Prowse one nil. The Saints lead. Leeds nil. Wolves one. Bournemouth one. Aston Villa nil. Callum O'Dowd has scored for Cardiff away to Reading in the Championship. Also goals in the Championship. Bristol City one. Sunderland one. Burnley nil. Luton one. It is QPR 1, Middlesbrough 0 and Sheffield United 1, Millwall 0. Uh, Shane Duffy, will he get a game on a regular basis for Fulham, do we think? I would say I, I would say semi-regular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got the boy Reem, who I thought did extremely well today. Um, they may well play with three. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a distinct possibility. And, you, you know, the thing about Shane Duffy is you know what he gives you, don't you? You know, you don't ask him to do anything that he can't do. And he will head it. He will head it and kick it and, and hold his position. Um, and he, I think it's quite a clever sign in that, to be honest with you. Assuming, of course, you get him up to speed fitness-wise. He's not 31 till January as well. Like, he's not, yeah. shame, not shame. He's not old, like. No, well, listen, listen 30, 31, you know, 20 years ago, you were finishing. It's like it, they're, they're all getting to 34, 35 and still all playing. Mm. Um, because obviously, you know, the science of the of the um, of the thing and the way they live their lives and the you know the fit the food everything the training the whole thing so you know once you say if you'd gone to the chairman and said I want to sign this lad and he's 32 20 years ago they're going oh it's no chance lad he's at the end of his end of his footballing life but it's, it doesn't doesn't happen that way anymore does it yeah like I think I think John did listening to Graham Potter speak about Duffy like he wasn't he was happy to have him around the squad he couldn't guarantee him anything the language would suggest that where Duffy's going he's been he's been guaranteed that so right. um, he's in the last year of his contract at Brighton so he's effectively gone from Brighton, Brighton yeah. gone from Brighton but uh, I mean the nature of these things he's probably on a, a decent deal at Brighton so you, you stay till that contract runs out and then he's a, he's a free man next summer to sort of go without any ties anywhere um, but I 
yeah, it's probably not a typical Fulham signing, maybe that you would you would see in your head. Um, I know you know. And, might go back to the times when Roy Hodgson was there and they did have sort of a certain degree of steel and a few characters like that but um, yeah just watching them today you can see where potentially where he could slot in and like uh, that, that option of being in the middle of a back three you'd say it's not out of the question at times but it is I mean we'll probably talk about the Irish players later on maybe yeah. more so but um, there's a small number of them and um, you know Duffy playing regularly at that level is is sort of uh, something that, that definitely like Stephen Kenny could could uh, could do with we're actually just watching Nathan Collins here I mean I know we'll talk about it later but um, he started quite well in, in assured fashion for Wolves and very vocal very involved not a not not quite the look of a of a young new signing uh, finding his feet a bit not, more than not that funny you not say like callow youth Cullen no. is the um, probably the first name in the team sheet but I think Collins probably not far off being second the way he's going well, it's funny that Connor Cody is not in the team today so Collins in to the team and they lead Daniel Podence with the goal for Wolves away to Leeds 1-0 they lead they give away uh, so few goals as well JD you'd be, you'd be thinking they should manage the situation here and yeah because uh, they haven't been scoring enough 5-3-1-0-6 uh, hi lads on. go on sorry I think, I think Cody might be going to Everton I'm told oh okay oh that's interesting Mm. Well, it's, it's home as well. Even though he's like a Liverpool fan, I think I think that's what he's kind of looking for. Whether he gets it, okay. We'll see. What, watch this space and see what happens there. The stories in there. Um, five three one six. Hi lads. Great to have the Premier League back, especially with the GA County season finishing far too early. Says Sean. Uh, lads, think Chelsea are much uh, underrated. They're not done the transfer market yet. They've improved at the back with the possibility of a fan to come in, a goal scorer needed, and Tuchel as coach. They'll be dangerous as Colin and Sandyford. The goal scorer thing is the interesting one with Chelsea. Will they score enough goals? Obviously, Lukaku didn't work out. Um, is Werner going to be the answer? Um, there might be more layers to the title race this year, JD. I think Arsenal might do okay. Um, and watch Liverpool today. I mean, it's, it's not a two-horse race looking at it today. But, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the real danger of overreacting to one yeah, game. You know, it's but yeah, twenty past three. Yeah, yeah. Half, <laughs> yeah like, here I've now decided the title race. Is, nah, I'm not. I, the Chelsea one to me is a bit is a bit mad because I mean, it's what six seven months ago since people wondered where Chelsea are going concerned. You no, know, we're going concerned. What's happening? And now, just at the end of the window, they're just. All of a sudden, spring into life, and um, you know the Cucurella deal, the Fafana. It's talking about eighty-five million for Fafana. The young in the mix. I haven't seen too much of Fafana, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sort of um, offer a strong opinion. But I mean, eighty-five million sounds <coughs> like a lot of money, and it's like the the good times are back at Chelsea in a way that people thought it mightn't be. Although the suggestion seems to be they're going to have to balance it by. I mean, Lukaku's obviously already gone out on loan, but even Ver- Ver- gone. Werner yeah. might as well, Alonso. Yeah. But to me, that seems like. A lot of stuff happening at the last minute before the season that to me I wouldn't be thinking that's the hallmarks of a great season to come in my eyes anyway I think I don't know I feel like you need a little bit more structure or something there and it's sort of a small bit thrown together it's all happening late in a bit of a sprint I mean I could be wrong they're good players but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be writing them into a title race on that basis. No. Well, I think Tuchel is excellent, but like a crazy talk about stuff like about Am I coming back to Chelsea? You know, I, I don't know. What do you think of Mark? Obviously, Sterling's come in. I think he'll be great. For Fifty million, uh, Koulibaly, uh, Kukurea. Uh, they drew eleven matches last season. Um, Havertz has got an X factor, but he's not a goal scorer. Uh, no. in, in, like he's like eight yeah. goals last season. Well, they haven't got a goal scorer, have they? Yeah. So you know that there there lies. The point for me, I mean, they'll be very competitive. There's no doubt about that. Um, as you you mentioned there, with the signings that they've got, but you might you might say they need more than one goalkeeper. And um, he had Aubameyang, didn't he? Two yeah, that Dortmund, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, so he, he obviously knows him. Um, but um, until until they get one stroke, two strikers, I don't I don't think they finish in the top three. Right. Um, I just can't see it as you know, really, really good players. Would you rely on Raheem Sterling to score loads and loads of goals? Where's he going to play? That's probably on the left I mean, of the got, three, will he? Well, possibly. They got, I mean, they've got loads and loads of pace, loads and loads of pace. But he's a fantastic um, sign. Yeah, but it's, but it's yeah, but it's, who's, who's going to score the goals? Mm. Yeah. Arsenal, you watched them last night, Mark. So a two-nil win away to Crystal Palace. And uh, I thought they were sharp. They they, yeah, they were under a bit of pressure in the second half, but that's to be expected at Selhurst Park with a crowd bane for uh, for a Palace victory. But uh, Saliba was good. Oh yeah, I mean they've waited a long time to bring him back, haven't they? He looked he looked uh, the business to be honest with you. I mean if they can get that sorted in terms of not conceding goals and defensively being very very solid, they're going to have a chance. But again, it's you know how many goals is Jesus going to score for them? So that's that would be a, a big thing for me. As well, how did he play um, last night, Laurel? Um, I, he, I thought he played really well first half. Uh, very, very good. But I'm not. I'm not convinced for the money. I'm, I'm really seriously not. I think. I think he will score goals per se. I don't think he's going to score bundles of goals for them. Um, you know, the, the boys around him are also good players. I, I just. I have this thing about Arsenal, which is you can look at them, watch watch them play five times. And you go, wow, you know, what what a good side these are, the movement, the passing, everything. And then the next two or three games, you look like they've just met in the car park. So that's, I think, been one of the problems with with, with Arsenal and Arteta. But they, it definitely looks like they've got a little bit of a, let's put it, you know, a spine together. It looks like they're going to have that. Yeah, so, Leeds, Leeds have scored, by the way, one all against uh, Wolves, Rodrigo. Okay. Um, so that, 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 would be a, that would be a big thing for me. If, if, if they can look better um, and actually be better defensively then then they they've got a chance of being up there but I still would not rely on Leeds for some reason uh, sorry Leeds on Arsenal for some reason is it a character thing mark like it was it not yeah, in the way defeats bit. last season 13 red cards under arteta like when they when they get a bad run it's it, that's the worry with arsenal isn't it yeah and I, yeah and the character the the um, card things john it, it's a weakness it's, it's, it's an absolute total weakness. It's, so, it's almost like, I'm not chasing this fellow, I'm going to fly in and take him out. And it, you know, it's like laziness. Um, and that's quite difficult to get rid of. But no, they looked, I thought they were good last night. And I, I, I like Palace, I love watching them. But um, Oh, they're they, a lovely they, side to watch, like. Yeah, but you know what? And this is sound ridiculous. They've probably got too many players who dribble with it because, because they dribble into each other. Um, and at the moment, looking in midfield, they're going to miss the boy who's gone back to, che- to Chelsea, who was fab for them last Conag- year. Uh, who, Gallagher. Connor Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. They're going, to, they're going to miss him. Big style. But I just, I love watching him. I think he's done a great job, Vieira, so far, because he took over from, from Roy Hodgson. And Roy Hodgson was basically, you know, you start at nil nil, and if they don't score, you still get a nil nil. And you know, they were difficult to play against. But he's made them completely on, on the front foot. And play with you know loads and loads of, of pace and and Scandinavian boy at centre back. What a passer he is! Mm. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if many of you saw it last night, but Anderson, it, it, yeah, it was, Anderson, yeah. It was like it was like watching Ronald Koeman all those years ago. He just got his head up and he was like pinging it everywhere, and, and it, it was brilliant. So I think I think Palace are going to do really well. 
Arsenal, I hope they did well. I think they their first three games last season as well, and I think this is a massive start for them. That was a really tough start. Palace, Palace away first game of the season, Vieira. Mm. Um, I think they'll do well this season. I think they've. Jesus is going to score goals. They have a lovely shape to their midfield. Um, yeah, I think they'll do well. I think the thing about Jesus is, and it's probably the. the, the t- it's always interesting when these guys come out of maybe they've been at the very top club and I mean yeah. even at Man City he would have been you know he was at a time he was playing on the left they would have played someone else through the middle like he, he's the last couple of years he's been used in all sorts of different roles and yet he's someone who sort of came through as a striker and he's going to go back to sort of that being his primary focus and that's going to be his central job and and you kind of wonder could that bring him on a bit you know could that bring him to another level where he has that focus and maybe maybe the answer is no but I think I think that's that's why it's actually one that um, it's a sort of one of those stories to follow that it, it could ignite all of a sudden he doesn't have that sort of he has a guaranteed start and he knows he's he's the main man in some ways and sometimes you see players they thrive with that well the World Cup I think as he, he said earlier on it's huge like all these players want to play as well as they can before the World Cup to get picked yeah, so yeah. the other thing the other thing John I mean we, if he's going to play every week then alternatively does he feel under pressure does he feel more under pressure because he knows he's going to start for Arsenal every week than he was at City? And he's also at Arsenal expected to be the main goal scorer, which you'd have to argue at City, he probably wasn't expected to be so. Uh, this is like wacky races, this Leeds-Wolves game. It's end-to-end, one all at the moment. And Spurs have equalised against Southampton. Ryan Sessegnon for Spurs, one all against Southampton. What are your uh, hopes this season, J.D.? Uh, my hopes are um, I said second oh you've done your prediction yeah well that was on another oh you've done your prediction you've gone you've gone and said they're going to break and I mean it's like is the heart ruling the head of course it is of course it is but we all sat here a year ago and said Chelsea win the league so but there's no way watching we were all we were were capable of a worse prediction but then you've just come out with one yeah well I was hoping that we'd have groupthink like we did last year we all agreed on Chelsea by the end of the show so we got another hour and a half to agree that Spurs are finished we could be here for three and a half hours it's not going to happen well, you know, I, I, think he, I think he's made some great signings. I think he's a, a short-term type of manager. He um, killed them over in Korea, which is really funny because I always read that Troy Parrish was the guy who did best out yeah, of the whole yeah. session, which it's I mad, found it? fascinating, yeah. you know? Yeah. Is that, they were getting sick, the lads, the players and everything. So. I, is that why there was a paleness in your complexion? When there was well, there's a paleness when, in my complexion when, anyway. When, when uh, it came through that Southampton were run off and you were yeah, suddenly yeah. realising <laughs> you're going to get a season of abuse over yeah, this yeah, if well, it goes the know, other way. Abuse isn't something that I'm, I'm not um, <laughs> unused to. He's uh, starting today at home to um, Hull as well, so it's going to be interesting how oh, that's Troy Parrish, yeah, yeah, no. Parrish, yeah. No, Spurs, I'm, I'm very hopeful because of Conte. I think he's a world-class manager. I think Kane and Son have scored 40 goals between them the last two seasons. I think Basuma will uh, add a bit of quality to the midfield. I think the wing-backs, Perisic and whoever it's going to be in the right, hopefully Matt Doherty can get a look in. I think mm. Romero is a class, class centre-half, got a bit of an edge to him. Uh, we'll see how long they gets on. Uh, Forster will be a backup because Laris at times can be sketchy. So I, I think with Richardson as well, once again, there's a World Cup on the horizon. So you can't be that moody if you're trying to get into the Brazil team for the World Cup. Yeah, so and it'll be a big loss for Everton as well. I think like Dan is right to say you don't like overreact on the base of one game. But watching that Liverpool game, there, there may be more teams than Liverpool. This is City. your point for today, Johnny. This is like, I've seen Liverpool. We haven't talked about the League of Ireland it's, yet. It's, so it's you know, there'll be a big League of Ireland moment. Galway United is slipping out of the title race uh, by the looks of it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, um, Dan was in Oriel last night, so we'll have a chat about that later. So, Mark, Spurs, what do you think? Third. Okay. Is that enough? Yeah, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's not bad. It's, it's, you take that. It's, it's like the Ten Commandments. It's the word from the mountain. Third. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 
I love the manager. I think he's driven and he'll drive his drive his players. Now they've got one or two better replacements than they've had if injuries to, to, to Son and, and Kane within within obvious reasons. No, I think I think they'll be think they'll be up. I think they'll be the best of the uh, of the London contingent, and that's you know I think they will have to be because that's just the way that the manager is, and uh, he, he is like the twelfth man to be honest with you. It's a strange, uh, he, he's so animated on the sideline, but then he goes into an interview, he's very calm and he's very measured. And uh, you'd love to see what he's like in the training ground. Is he as, is he as animated well, on the training ground or is he kind of, a, is he just leave it to his lieutenants? It's, it's fascinating. I think he has, from what I've heard, I think he has ultimate respect from all the players. Mm. And, and you'd be really surprised to know that he takes no S-H-I-T. Right. Um, should, you should have said one T, but anyway, we'll take a break <laughs> oh, here. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> off the ball Saturday news. Already had a moment of the season. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're back after this. John Duggan made the prediction that Spurs are going to split the top two. He thinks his club are going to finish ahead of Liverpool. But do you think yeah. Spurs can finish ahead of Liverpool? No. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you through to five this evening This is Football Saturday Delighted to be back with uh, Dan and Johnny and Mark Lawrence and our special guest today Remember Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky Get all the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Latest scores in the Premier League Spurs now 2-1 up against Southampton with Eric Dyer on the mark to put them in front. Bournemouth won, Aston Villa nil, Jefferson Lerma for the Cherries. Leeds won, Wolves won, Daniel Podence put Wolves in front, but Rodrigo has equalised for Leeds. It's Newcastle nil, Nottingham Forest nil, Everton and Chelsea kick off at half five. Fulham two, Liverpool two, a result from earlier on. In the Championship, it's ended. Norwich won, Wigan won. At the moment, Bristol City won, Sunderland won. Burnley nil, Luton won. Preston nil, Hull nil is the latest. QPR two, Middlesbrough nil. It is Reading one, Cardiff one. Sheffield United two, Millwall nil. Stoke won Blackpool nil and Swansea nil Blackburn Rovers nil and in Scotland Celtic are goalless with Ross County same situation with Rangers and Kilmarnock no goals there Aberdeen won St Mirren nil and Motherwell nil St Johnston won Tex on 53106 I'm entirely with John I think Conte is the real deal we'll get a tune out of that team I think Spurs will win something possibly the league this year says Aaron and Kasper Schmeichel going to Nice a strange one you'd think a big club in the Premier League would sign him and Zinchenko looks like a great signing says Owen Laro Man City the champions well City you know they are the champions will they be the champions and why if they will be no I think Liverpool will do them this year no? what, what's yeah. the reason for that now um, <laughs> a little bras eh um, I just, I'm not quite sure whether that, how long it will take to get Parland into the way that they play. I mean, he's a, he's going to, he's a fab, fab player, and he is going to score goals. But City are a team that seems to always take an extra touch, and the, the, I mean, the quality of the goals is is outstanding, and the chances that they make. But he's a kind of, he just, he's big and he's strong, and he's lightning quick, and he wants balls played just alongside him into a little bit of a, little bit of open space, and he, and he will score bundles of goals but I just think it might take a bit of time that for City and I just think it might be Liverpool's time to win it to be honest with you you're not worried about earlier on <laughs> John it's uh, the first no. day man no first game I mean no mm. abso- absolutely not I, I, I wouldn't know but I remember in my very first game for Liverpool and there was we'd won the European Cup against Madrid yeah Madrid 
And we went to Wolves and we were absolutely hopeless, got beat 1-0 and got written off and, and won it with about eight games to spare. So it doesn't bother you, stuff like that. I remember when I was like when I was a kid as a Liverpool fan, like checking um teletext every day for about a month to see when Stan Collymore was gonna sign. And eventually the one morning it was the main headline that Stan Collymore signed. Um but when you get a striker like Haaland, it just like I mean it's it's fascinating, Laurel, because I, I kind of agree with you. I think he's quite a unique player. Um he's mm-hmm. not gonna he's not gonna fit seamlessly into that system, but if it does click it's gonna be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. How's the system going to change, if, if at all, Laro? Because there's talk about Bernardo Silva maybe leaving. We know Sterling's left, but you still have well, the likes of Foden, De Bruyne there. How's it going to change, if, if at all? Well, Bernardo Silva, I mean, why would you let him go? I don't, I don't get He's only 28, isn't he? Yeah, like, like he hasn't gone yet, but it, it seems to be like no. maybe it was just the tabloid stuff yesterday, the presser, but that's what they were well, all talking about. Yeah, but I don't, I don't. I mean, your man's not denying it, is he? Just, no, I, I don't no. want him to go. I want him to stay. It's not like he's got you know three years on his contract. He's staying. So I just find that a little bit of a, a little bit of a strange one. See how long it's going to take Phillips. Um, you know, are they going to play with two in midfield and let De Bruyne be absolutely free? I just think there's there's a lot of questions about. Uh, Man City, and I just think Liverpool will be same old, same old, to be honest with you. Although today they weren't same old, same old. I think uh, yeah, the Bernardo Silva thing, I suppose, it looks like Barcelona might have been told now. You know your your card is uh, has insufficient funds. <laughs> and, like, they've gone, they've gone to the card declined. The checkout till with a trolley full of stuff. <laughs> Players, but, but it's like they've gone to like Marks and Spencer's here. They've gone to the expensive counter, and they've got there. And after two purchases, they've been told. All your money is gone, and the players you, are still in the you can't, queue. You as can't well. do this. Um, so whether the Bernardo Silva thing actually happens, it's right. unclear. I think the City one that could be interesting. And again, I'm not going to pretend I've seen a huge amount of them, but they must be excited about Alvarez as well too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Who? Because you, you, I, you know, I'd almost forgotten about him. Because you're like, yeah, like as he's like, let Sterling go and 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 this Bernardo stuff. And you think, well, maybe maybe they think he's going to be an excellent option. And Grealish is still there, you know, as yeah. he's he's recovered from his end of season. Yeah, a regular piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean Grealish. I mean, second season at City sometimes is, is is when the penny drops or not. Like we'll see what happens with him. It's amazing. Like I was doing my kind of City research the season, and, and Grealish never entered my head. Mm. Hundred million player, and that's just how much in the periphery he was. Although the Champions League could have gone completely different storyline, but uh, yeah, and um, he, can be so he much didn't play in the the game when they where they won the league. Like his memorable contribution was having a go at Almiron from Newcastle in yeah. his interview. Um, but you, you kind of think, I mean, they've they've spent a hundred million on them, so they're probably committed to making the investment work a bit but you know could he strike up some kind of rapport with Haaland, Haaland? like you're looking through all these angles because I mean, Gary Breen is a column in our paper today and his point about Haaland it's like it's not that he needs to adapt to City it's that the City players yeah. need to adapt yeah. to him and, yeah. and, and, and Gary's point was that there was actually several points in the game last week where actually Haaland was in a great position and he just wasn't picked out and as, as Laro says the, 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 t- the extra pass you know the extra sort of touch, and they didn't actually anticipate or think. They've almost been programmed not to think about the type of pass that Haaland is looking for. But he did also. I mean, the, the counterpoint is that there was one or two quick crosses that teams defending against City aren't expecting it. They're probably used to. They're programmed to thinking City will be over elaborate as well too. And maybe Haaland gives them. That's the sort of glass half full taken Haaland. He gives them. A, he gives them a yeah. new d- dimension. Yeah. Um, that you would think world class players are able to. They'll, they'll strike their rapport with them pretty quickly and it gives them something different but again did we talked you, about storylines earlier 
Yeah. Boys, do, do, do we know how many assists Grealish had last year and how many goals he scored? Three it, assists, it three assists oh, in the yeah. Premier League, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was three. three. Yeah. Um, too, many, too many touches. Yeah, yeah, I think it was three. And the goals was maybe six in all competitions, maybe three in the league. I'm not sure. Something well, that was like the thing that. about he's the most foul player for a reason. You know? Yeah, and he, he, I think the stat is he had, I think, the second most touches in the box like you know of any other yeah. player in the league but I think in terms of I don't know there's some Premier League stats he was outside the top 50 for some kind of efficiency with them you know so that sort well, of backs up the point yeah yeah, you don't get a lot for 100 million do you to be fair <laughs> <laughs> um, well you got a lot more in your day for your, like yourself Laura but um yeah, it's just interesting there because I think the problem with City of the Champions League is they've been so programmed that when they've had a setback they've often conceded quickly and they haven't been able to dig it out at the elite level in the Champions League under Guardiola. So maybe there's a bit more freedom, a bit more instinctiveness with Haaland and these kind of signings, you know? Well, Grealish hasn't, in fairness to, like, Guardiola's, like, roundly praise has been one of the greatest managers ever, but Grealish hasn't worked under him. It just hasn't worked out. I don't know if he doesn't like the regime or he's a far better player than he was last season. Well, he said it, Grealish has said himself that he finds it like he finds it challenging in mm. some ways that he was, he was quite honest about that wasn't he at the end of the season that um, like does he like Grealish at, at Villa was able to sort of freestyle basically yeah. you know like he, and he's he'd been asked to be a lot more disciplined now and I know part of the theory about Grealish is would they potentially this season use him a little bit deeper and a little bit more central potentially um, and would that suit him a bit better Um but there's that lingering suspicion in there how, like, how much patience will sort of Pep have beyond a certain point because they do have other options. Uh, 5 3 one, six lads. Gerard to be the first managerial sacking, says Eamon and Furhouse. Don't think so, Eamon. I think he'll do okay. Um, one of your, uh, I suppose you know him quite well from the Liverpool days, Laro, Stephen yeah. Gerrard. I think he'll do well. Like, like he got Rangers very well organised defensively. He's brought Diego Carlos in there and what, Bubacar Camara. So um, I think they'll do all right, Philip. Yeah, I think I think he needs to as well. But um, they didn't finish particularly well, did they last season? He, he needs to be, you know, halfway up, looking looking above. Um, and now he's had a chance, as you rightly say, to bring in his own players, etc. So, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody as soon as he went there, all he's going to go, he's going to go to uh, Liverpool after Aston Villa, the grooming him and all that kind of stuff, which was an absolute load of rubbish. Um, but he's learning his trade still and. I, th- I, do, I think they'll probably finish round about 10th Aston Villa which I would imagine would be acceptable to the board What about Leicester? They're strange I know there's probably restrictions around money in that at Leicester at the moment but it's it's the, the, the kind of sheen has gone off Brendan Rodgers they were so close to the Champions League two seasons in a row and you can't really see them doing much this season at all No well Michael's gone as we know he had I think a year left on his contract and I think I think there might have been a little bit of a promise there from the manager to him um, I can understand why he's gone to, gone to Nice eh, for the bundles of money, but aren't they owned by Ineos? Right. I think I think the football team are in, owned by Ineos, which is the, is the English guy, isn't he? Jim is it Jim? Someone very extremely wealthy, so he's, he's on a book. But everyone else seems to be leaving. Seems to be leaving Leicester, and whereas you used to hear from the owners occasionally about you know the football club and what was happening, etc., you haven't heard anything. And lo and behold, we've not really even seen Brendan Rodgers talk about anything at all. And um, I don't know, it's a, re- it's a really, really strange one. And every, every other team wants some of the Leicester players. And it looks like at the moment that they might even take them. 
Yeah, Madison being one with a link to Newcastle, yeah. obviously. I, it is so unusual. Like, I mean, people live off the hit of the transfers. You know, like the supporters. Yeah. You know, everyone loves the transfers. And to have a club in the Premier League not bringing in any, it's almost like, a, like a, you know, someone like Nottingham Forest has come up and there's an argument they've made too many signings in some way. Like they had some, you know, they did a lot of loan players to help them get promoted and you don't have, you know, you can lose that continuity in some way. But to have a team with no signings at all, with potentially one or two big ones going out, like it's, it's a real test of management. Like Rodgers will actually emerge with a fair degree of credit yeah. if they have a decent yeah. season because it's very much a coaching job you're not sort of buying your way out of a situation it's very mm. much like uh, his reputation won't be dented if they if they have an okay year yeah. but it, does, it does seem like well, for, for a club that was nearly in the Champions League the season before last I don't know where can you see them finishing this yeah. year mid-table yeah um, well yeah that might be mid-table at, mid-table at the best um, yeah and if listen what if Vardy goes and knocks on his door and says, I've got a massive bill to pay. I want to go. That would be an interesting yeah, one, yeah. wouldn't it? That, that's, uh, that's obviously a joke, Laura. Uh, 53106. Uh, no, I'm serious. I was serious. <laughs> it's a big story, John. <laughs> What's the story? I don't know any of these uh, tabloid stories. I don't read tabloids. Uh, yeah. um, everyone writing off Arsenal at this stage already. Personally, I think they'll break the top two this year, says John and Limerick. Well, lads, great to have the Premier League back. Just one thing to do, pundits and fans alike, not learn the lesson from last season, predicting the season and what's gone before. I think Spurs will finish second myself, says a United fan, Michael and Monaghan. Not related to any of these uh, contributors. Uh, there was a strange press conference. You see that press conference yesterday with Eric Ten Hag, Mark? I thought, I thought it was strange. A bit clipped too. It was a bit tense. No. No, I didn't actually. No, it was, um, no I just didn't see any of it. I mean, he's probably had enough already answering questions <laughs> about Ronaldo. Game, yes. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I know. Do the um, talking on the pitch. Uh, the, like the Ronaldo thing must be just wrecking his head. Like just get that oh, out of the way. You have to be done oh. with it. Man. Like it's just. I feel like the Ronaldo thing. Just you just want to sort of go to sleep. Yeah. And wake up on the first of <laughs> September and tell me if it's, he's it's there. all sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you know you have a sporting event and you, I want to stay up for this or you know you might record it. I feel like I'll record the Ronaldo one. I'm going to yeah. fast forward through the next couple of weeks it. of rubbish and then just see where at the end. Like or you you abandon a movie halfway through and just. You'd go on to Wikipedia and see halfway through, Dan. if you did uh, and you'd go on to Wikipedia and see what happened at the ending <laughs> just just so you know what happened like the Ronaldo thing is just honestly it's just uh, and I understand the appeal and I mean I work in an industry that like will pump out Ronaldo stories because there's massive interest yeah. in it so I can yeah. I, you know I'm not going to be but for me personally it's just I just can't handle it anymore you know but I can imagine Ten Hag is there going I'm in the job of my life and I'm you know he has to put out a certain front with it but he's dealing with this well, Gary yeah. Neville made a good point last night in Sky. He said that Ronaldo's got a responsibility to his legacy at Man United to come out and set out a stall and say what he's going to do. And I do yeah. think there is a, Ronaldo needs to respect the club that that's he, not that, his that, um, that, that well, made, not his that, old, made, that has made his you know you know. John, I think I think you know I think the respect for the club thing when he he hadn't trained with the players had he for a while then he came over back from Portugal and he came over with his agent. Now, he's only come over with his agent. He doesn't want a new contract, does he? He wants basically to say to Man United, um, give me my money for the following season and I'll clear off and get a free transfer. So, I don't, I, you know, it's a really, really difficult one. And may, maybe Ten Hag has been not helped by the board. The board are maybe saying, look, we need, we need to get a load of dough out of this, otherwise we're going to look stupid yet again. So, you know, I mean, bet, bet Ten Hag says to his assistant, you know, just go and tell a fella to clear off and go to whatever club he wants and we'll sort the rest of it out because he's obviously not going to play him. He's miles behind as well in terms of fitness. And 
we're doing what everyone else is doing. You, you said you mentioned Man, Man United, Man United, and the manager. And the first thing we talk about is Ronaldo. We don't even talk about any of the signings. So, um, ha, you know, I'd just be in and say, look, you're a big boy. Where do you want to go? Let's see. We can't sort it out all together. And good luck to you. Dan, like Dan and I are both forty this year, and it's a moment in your life where you're like. When's the celebrate? Were you in a massive celebrations planned? Or? Um, no, no, I'm trying to avoid it. Uh, the Why? missus was saying like she was at a 40th and just the sight of the four old balloons made her like shiver, you know, and I can kind of get that as well. Laura, that was a while back for you. It might have been. How was your 40th? I can't remember. I can't remember last Wednesday. I never remember I can't even remember the point I was going to make, but I was yeah, yeah, well, This was something to Manchester United. <laughs> You this, said it. this is this is like this is like the two things we think about when you make up Manchester United is Cristiano Ronaldo and people and, turning and 40. forty. So <laughs> neither I think of which have anything to do with the, the point season. I was going to make was JD. I think you said it on OTBM during the week. Ronaldo is struggling with his own slowing down, and this is a massive issue with him in that he's basically been told. Yeah practically for the first time, you're essentially surplus to requirements here. And last season, you could see in his body language, when games weren't going his way, he completely lost the plot. And he's slowing down. I think he did an amazing season last season, considering his age. But he's struggling with his own immortality, base or his own mortality, basically. Yeah, he he, yeah. yeah well, sorry, that was, a, that was a faux pas, but maybe it was uh, intended. Yeah. Remember, they played, a, they played a friendly against one of the, was it... Um, one of the San Sebastian teams. Rio Vallecano, wasn't it? And he, he headed off a half time. Was that it? Oh, what? Yeah. But listen, yeah. Yeah. listen. If you're the manager, you go nuts. Yeah. You know, yeah. you go absolutely. What does that say to anybody? To young, impressive kids who've just got in the first team dressing room? It's like, you know, ball him out. I'm that's, sorry, just like. That's exactly the point, Laura. And we David Myler on yesterday, um, and he was making the point that like somebody did that when he was at Sunderland, he was gone within two weeks. Like, and nobody's bigger yeah. than the club, and Ronaldo yeah. at, at his age certainly is not. Well, that's responsibility of the Glazers and Richard Arnold and all yeah. these people to back yeah. Eric Ten Hag and say, totally, Look, we'll do, we'll sort, we'll sort this out. Don't put him in the team. But now he doesn't even have a striker for tomorrow because Marshall's injured. But I thought yeah. that, that was, I thought that that was some of the coverage when Ten Hag took over, and again, it was stuff that was clearly being briefed out at the club that. He wasn't being brought in to be like this overpowering manager who does everything. Like you're there to coach, you know, and they want them to instill a philosophy and stuff. But that, like this other stuff, affects your ability to do that. Totally. You know, like it's totally. not. It's not as if you can just have this world where he's in the dressing room and and he's an island. Like that's it's Man United. It's a bit of a circus. Like and this stuff interrupts everything well I, I thought know, about this during the week so like the Rovers game um, just before Graham Burke uh, set up the goal for Watts he was he lost the plot in the middle of the pitch Bradley had a go at him and Burke was like basically almost like told him where to go and I'm thinking of like Bradley the dress room that he used to manage there with like Jack Byrne Graham Burke when Danny Mandroy was there all these like big players who, who think a lot of themselves and then you multiply that by a million when you're Ten Hag like, like that dress room was septic absolutely septic and he has to come in and sort it out yeah. not easy yeah and also he's got to deal with the circus that is a huge entertainment global brand that is Man United and people say oh that doesn't matter he, it, it does it does matter it because, does. It does matter because, with things. because if agents or unhappy players are leaking things to the press and if the press have a yeah. hostile view of Ten Hag because he's not um, charming them then you're going to have totally. negative press about Man United all the time. Man United fans, 53106 what do you think you must be pulling your hair yeah. out like a day, yeah. day to go to the season starts sorry I would say I would just how many how many of his own players has he signed so far? Three. Three, yeah. Yeah, he's probably trying to get another one or two in, and then he'll, he'll feel like he's got the dressing room, but he will actually know what's going on, which I think for any manager going to a massive club is 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 a big thing. 
to get your own people in there, not because they're going to come and whisper to him this, that and the other. It's just because the fact that they know exactly what's going on in the dressing room. And, and we know that last season, once Ralph Ranjit turns up, that the, the dressing room was just a complete mess. Because you've got players who know they're not going to play and they're looking at Ranjit and saying, oh, well, you're going in May. So I couldn't give a stuff. I'll just sit on the backside and take my money and keep fit. Yeah. And you can't have it. You just cannot have a dressing room like that. If you, if you like, forget about Manchester United under Alex Ferguson, yeah. forget about, like, the legacy of most of our lives, how good they were. If you look at the squads dispassionately this season and you don't know anything about any club, Manchester United are top six at best. Like, they're, they're just yes. don't... They literally do not have the players. Yes. I, admit, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, well, they just... They've got themselves in such a complete and utter mess. I mean, it's just, it's exactly what happened when Busby stopped. Mm. Yeah, you and know, Ferguson's still hanging around, around and everything. Ferguson yeah. hanging around. Like, yeah. it's so weird like that he's still involved in the Ronaldo thing. And, like, when you when you get to a situation, which I thought would never happen in my lifetime, where Manchester United do not have the pulling power to make signings anymore. You, this is absolutely yeah. mad. We've got to take a break no, for news. We got to take. We'll come back to you after um, the news, and we'll hold that thought uh, with us, please. Uh, just give you the halftime scores in the Premier League: uh, Bournemouth won, Aston Villa nil, Leeds won, Wolves won, Newcastle nil, Nottingham Forest nil, and Tottenham two, Southampton one. Uh, Everton Chelsea kick off at half five. Fulham and Liverpool drew two two earlier on in the Championship. It finished Norwich one, Wigan one. Latest scores: half times. Bristol City one, Sunderland one. It is Burnley nil, Luton one. It is Preston nil, Hull nil, QPR three, Middlesbrough one, Reading one, Cardiff one, Sheffield United two, Millwall nil, Stoke one, Blackpool nil, Swansea nil, Blackburn Rovers one, and in Scotland, Aberdeen three, St Mary nil at half time. It is Motherwell nil, St Johnston one, Rangers nil, Kilmarnock nil, and Ross County nil, Celtic nil at the break. Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent, Johnny Ward the broadcaster and journalist, and Mark Lawrence, and five-time winner of the league title with Liverpool, Republic of Ireland legend. All on Football Saturday between four and five. We're back after the news. Don't go away. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five this evening. This is Football Saturday. Delighted to be back with uh, Dan, Johnny and Mark Lawrence and our special guest today. Remember, Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Let's get some half-times in the Premier League. Tottenham against Southampton at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Guy Swindles. Spurs 2, Southampton 1. Thrilling first 45 minutes. Southampton, with their first real attack, took the lead. Fabulous finish from Ward-Prowse. Volley into the ground and over Larice after excellent work by Gineppo but Spurs after that it was one way traffic at the Southampton goal they equalised with Sessignon thumping header at the far post and took the lead with a lovely stooping guided header from Dyer just after the half hour mark and in fact if it hadn't been for Southampton's uh, new signing Gavin Bazunu in goal it would have been even worse he's already pulled off three really good saves Spurs 2, Southampton 1. There you go, JD. Gavin Bazunu, yep. starting starting very well. Yeah, I think with Bazunu, like, I was surprised the swiftness with how that move happened, but I, I had the chance to catch up with um, Gavin not, not long after the move. 
um, spent a bit of time with him for a piece and it's so clear talking to him like he's an incredibly mature fella for his age it's like astonishing but there's a consistent theme throughout his career like his very short career but you know he wants certainty early in the summer he could have hung around there was a bit of sort of interest from other clubs but Southampton wanted him they met a pitch Hassan Hootle his you know his staff who he's changed a lot of his staff and to be honest, I never doubted he'd be number one just the way over they, Alex McCarthy. Yeah, I think I think he was getting in there so early and from pre-season and the pitch they'd made to him. Yes, it was a fair fight. You know, there was there was no guarantees. I don't think, but I think he was there for long enough to make an impression. And he's such a sort of an outstanding professional and has such a great mentality. I can sort of see why he'd be a coach's dream. You know, and why they would sort of uh, they'd believe in his potential. Now he's still. I mean, it's still all to do, like, you know, in terms of as much as I, I hold him, you know, I have a really high opinion of him, this is still the biggest test of his career and he's going to be facing a lot. I think they have a quite tough opening run of fixtures. So there might be some tough days because I don't think Southampton are particularly strong this year. No but tough think, days for Gavin Zoom. But, well, I mean, there'll be busy days. But the thing about it is, like, I, I think Southampton are really going to struggle. I think they're going to go down with Bournemouth and... and uh, think they go down? Yeah, I think they're going to mm. go down. Um, they took five points for the last 12 games last season I think that they were going Hutton, through the motions a bit though weren't they not? They, they, they're not their team I think that they play at such a, a high intensity under uh, Hasenhutl that I think they fade I think mm. they fade out in seasons I don't think they scored enough goals James Ward-Prowse is their top scorer in the Premier League last season 10 goals You do realise they've signed Gavin Mizuno But that's my point in that you know if he's busy all the time it's fantastic for him Yeah Yeah yeah, no, I mean, and as I mentioned, like this unusual thing where like like Hassan seems to have changed his back room or has been given the the permission to change his back room or the order from above has come to change his back room or whatever way that's panned panned itself out. Um, but I mean, he's still a pretty good manager. You would have thought. Um, he's, he's just I, talking. Like, he's just talking about retiring. I don't like hearing that. I, I think he's a very good manager. Look, I'm not. But I just burned I, out. Maybe I just think he's talking about retiring and and you know and and maybe taking a break from the game. I don't think that's a good thing to be. I don't know if you're if you're if you're thinking about it. Look, I hope they do well. I think they play really good football. I want them to stay up, but I just think they could be one of those teams in the mix to to struggle. But then if you're watching Leeds and Wolves today, it's Keystone Cop stuff. Uh, one all at the moment, by the way. Let's get a half time from that Bournemouth Villa game at the Vitality Stadium from David Garrett. Bournemouth 1, Aston Villa nil at the break. Bournemouth is sizzling here in the sunshine on the south coast and Villa are, well, all at sea. The cherries are full of vitality. Energy up front, they're stable at the back so far. Villa really haven't had a decent look at goal. Jefferson Lerma, who's playing in a back three and has been a rock back there, got the goal on three minutes. A corner not dealt with by Villa and Lerma pounced to score from close range. They could have had more. Villa's defence has been tested a few times, but no major chances but Villa can't even claim to have had any real chance at all Stevie G looking hot and bothered on the touchline and it's not the weather Bournemouth 1 Villa nil. and the details of that first half between Leeds and Wolves that had on the road from Adam Jury Leeds 1 Wolves 1 the host season got off to the worst possible start when Wolves took the lead six minutes in courtesy of a mishit Daniel Pedence volley that bounced over the hapless Ilian Melier and into the net Leeds responded well to falling behind though and finally found an equaliser on 24 minutes when Rodrigo struck inside the box on Jose Sars near post Kiefer should have done better home side have looked the better team but Wolves have had plenty of chances to score two it's been a thoroughly entertaining half here at Ellen Road and it's Leeds 1 Wolves 1 and half time from St James's Park Newcastle against Nottingham Forest Stephen Goldsmith 
one. Newcastle nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Not the best of games. Extremely short on chances. The game's one bit of quality was a solo run by Joe Linton, picking it up on halfway and dribbling through the Forest team. But as we know with the ex-striker, he has this lack of composure in the box. He dragged his shot wide. Dean Henderson clearly the busiest of the keepers, but in truth, the saves he has made have been routine. The only real sniff of a chance at the other end came from Jesse Lingard, who got a deflected shot away. The home side are on top without it being a real onslaught. I'd expect changes from both benches early in the second half. Newcastle nil, Nottingham Forest nil. Listeners in JD who essentially don't remember Forest even in the Premier League and from the nostalgic perspective it's nice that yeah. we're here with Forest and Leeds uh, in the Premier League because it brings back uh, certainly my youth anyway when they were regular fixtures and the European Cup winning team of 1979 and 1980 it's hard to believe that they won the European Cup uh, two years in a row Laura did you ever meet Brian Clough? Yeah I, ma- I managed against him I was at Oxford he was uh, coming to the end at uh, Forest and we had uh, an old trainer who um, we were paying him off basically it's just because he was too old to do the job and everything and, and we looked after him gave him a good payoff and before the game at, uh, at uh, the city ground he came in Brian he didn't knock on the door, just walked in about quarter to three and said, oh, we bought you a present. His first name was Ken, the uh, Ken the train. I should remember his second name. I apologise for that. But he just walked in and went, yeah, Ken, in case that bloody lot haven't bought you anything, we've got you a present. And then he went out. We got beat 5-3. <laughs> what a character, Laurel. Oh, the, the stories. And by the way, that the, they're all true. I mean... This is live radio, Laurel. Go on. I know, I know, I know. I know, but... Uh, um, remember Brian Horton? He had a player at Hull, midfield player. Took him to, took him to Forest, and he didn't deal with Brian at all. Uh, sorry, with uh, with Cluffy or Brian Horton. Just dealt with one of the staff, and he said, "Well, I'll come through with the player, make sure everything's all right, all that kind of stuff." And then eventually, when the deal was done, he said, "Oh, why don't why don't you come and say hello to Mister Clough?" So Brian said, I, "I was walking towards his door. I heard all this music and thought this can't be right." Anyway, he said, "I knocked on the door." Nothing. Knocked on the door again. Nothing. Still the music. So I opened the door as I walked in and there was Cluffy dancing to uh, Frank Sinatra. And I think he might have had a couple. Do you know what, what a life. Do you know what the, the sad thing about that, that whole Clough thing was the follow with Peter Taylor? Ah, oh, it's desperate. It really was because like so much like Brian Clough is rightly, you know, spoken as a legend and so on and so forth. Mm. But like I often think um, the wives of, you know, great people and great sports people they don't get enough recognition and in, in terms of this couple him and Taylor Taylor was massive for Clough and this is this really evocative moment where I think um, his wife came to him and told him that um, Taylor had passed away and they hadn't reconciled um, their relationship no. and Clough was like for a guy who was you know so confident and all about like the exterior he was absolutely devastated and I think it's like an, an example to anyone listening. If you've <clears throat> if you've fallen out with a really good mate, like um, don't leave it too late because I don't think Cluffy ever recovered from that. Yeah, they fell out over the fact that Taylor went to Derby. So they, mm. they were they were the dream team as managers. It was funny. Also, fr- John. Go on. Also, also when uh, when Cluff and Taylor, well, when Cluffy left uh, Brighton, they got beat nine 0 didn't they, by Bristol Rovers or something? One of, in a cup game. Peter Taylor stayed. You didn't go to Leeds. Mm. Yeah. And then eventually, obviously, he went. He went and joined a bit. But um, Peter Taylor stayed at uh, at uh, Brighton certainly for a while. Yeah, you could tell at the end, Jenny, that obviously, like he was quite weathered and 
wasn't the manager he was at that stage, but... I don't know. Who, he was never the manager since they split up. Yeah. So they started off at Derby. They won the league at Derby. Derby they started off with Hartlepool. League. Yeah. They went yeah. to Hartlepool and he said, look, what was his line? Um, to compare Hartlepool to a tip would be doing a tip a, serv- a disservice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, if you're ever bored, like, just go on YouTube and look up Brian Clough documentaries. Yeah. Or two there's or plenty of books as well. There's, yeah. Um, Duncan Hamilton's book and Jonathan Wilson's book. Yeah, uh, Duncan um, Hamilton one Jonathan is, Wilson, yeah. He's, he's brought out a book on um, the Charlton Brothers, actually, which I'm looking forward to reading as well. But, um, the, the Clough, Clough post Taylor. Um, I think he, you know, he, he wasn't the same. But that last game, I can't remember who their last game was. And I remember at the time, like um, Forest were getting relegated, but the Forest fans just saying Brian Clough is a football genius for minutes on end, and it's just one of these really amazing moments where they knew that greatness was about to depart them and what he had done for the club but he wasn't the same without Taylor no no. and I, I know Johnny's spent a lot of time watching Brian Clough videos on YouTube because he does a good impression I don't think I don't think he's going to do it here not not today yeah but um, he's, he's got a good it, Brian Clough impression, impression the young man yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it's, yeah well, Johnny go on, listen, though, go you, on. Know, you know the, the stories about him coming in the dressing room at quarter to three for a three o'clock kickoff with his squash racket were all true mm. right we're all true. He'd obviously see the players earlier on, clear off and go and play squash and came in at quarter two, gave them whatever, and, and that was it. And, you know, and that, that was absolutely 100% true. Maybe, maybe it was the right way, but he, he, he got some good players, didn't he? And he got, he got a tune out of some of the old players as well that he brought yeah, in. Yeah, you know, and Lenny Lloyd. Was it Lenny Lloyd? Yeah, remember the guy Larry he Lloyd. played? Remember the Scottish guy he played? Um, he used to call him Kenneth. Um, that was Lenny Lloyd, wasn't it? Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Burns, Burns. Kenny, yeah, Burns. And he, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny Burns. The documentary is like literally my mother might be the only person in the world who ever calls me Kenneth, um, and he called Teddy Sheringham Edward and so on. But like, I think he converted yes. him from, I think he was like an offensive player basically, and he turned him into a uh, uh, centre back. And uh, like, th- I, what what fascinated me about that time, Laura, was like they would be playing like a, an FA Cup final and they'd be having points the night before. Like it was absolutely mad what he was doing, but it seemed to work. Laura was done. Laura, you, you just was have, that was that like completely odd for the time, Laura, or like? Well, we did. No, we did. We have a couple of beers before finals. Yeah. There you go. Wouldn't Only be happening now. Oh no, but you know, just like just a little couple. But I remember when when they knocked Liverpool. I wasn't there. They knocked Liverpool out of the uh, European Cup, and on the bus on the way to the ground from the hotel, he opened a load of beers and said to the boys, you know. Enjoy yourself, have a beer. And I think, I remember talking to Peter Shilton about it, and he said, you, you only had one or at the most <laughs> two. But it was, you know, they were, because they were tuning up from the first leg and everybody thought that Liverpool were going to completely blow them away. And and Forrest, um, they were great on the night. Defensively, they were fantastic and, and they won comfortably. But it, they definitely had a drink on the bus on the way to the game. He but must think, have been an absolute goal for the media. Like. Oh, he was. Well, you think he was. The Duncan Hamilton book is all about that, really, isn't yeah. it? John Matson interview is the, pretty amazing. The log- but I think, I mean, it's, it's striking, isn't it? The genius of, of Clough and how it worked for him and arriving in the dressing room at quarter to three or whatever. And then you have, like, the Clough disciples. Like, see, Martin O'Neill, for example, who actually they had a bit of a on-off relationship wasn't it O'Neill yeah. really struggled yeah. with being dropped for the, the one of the European Cup finals but probably O'Neill would have had a little bit of that training ground elusiveness or he wouldn't necessarily be, yeah. he wouldn't be there all week and even keen to some degree as a manager but it's probably I don't know is there anyone doing that now 
Like, can any of no. the managers now at the Premier League can they can they not be at the training ground for a couple of days, or can they rock in? Like, there's so much emphasis put on the manager as the coach now, and and being you know present and there all the time. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are managers who who keep a real sort of distance in that sort of mind games way. But I I'd be surprised no, if there was many. I, I can't think there I would don't be think any. There are. Yeah. I don't think there are anymore at all. I really seriously don't. They just probably have a different I think, aura. I think Klopp has an aura, though. You know, Klopp has definitely well, got an aura. Yeah, those days are gone. But I think that John Robertson was was allowed to train or not to train at um, at Forest. Um, he couldn't he couldn't run anyway. I mean, he was, was absolutely he was a brilliant player, John Robertson. Robertson was fantastic. But Cliffy would say to him, "If you don't fancy it, just you know, go and have a game of table tennis or or whatever." And he hardly he hardly ever ever. Uh, trained and yet he would be one of their best players week in week out John Robertson do you remember like Laura I think it was before one of the champion, the, the European Cup finals where he was like we have a little fat fella on the wing who's going to do you a load of damage like and that was like yeah. that's what he called the little fat fella like yeah he's yeah, the best yeah. player yeah. putting the cross yeah. for the winning goal he in the a small turn of one. pace like that goal that he set up for Trevor Francis yeah. that one yard yeah. of pace that he could uh, put in a cross oh. like he would. He, what he did was he slowed people down, and then just like a little bit of a sidestep, and yeah. he was two footed, but played played on the left. The other thing with Cluffy is he used to take them to Mallorca all the time. He loved Mallorca, and he and he came in after one game, and they had a free week. He says, "Right, bring your stuff. We're going to Mallorca tomorrow." And uh, and the captain so went up to him and went, "Boss, the boys don't really go, really want to go." And he went, "That's all right, because if you don't want to go, I'll find you two weeks' wages." He said, "The bus leaves at nine." <laughs> You need to all be there. And he just went for four or five days on the lash. Is it is it Daniel Taylor, the journalist, um, who would have covered a lot of the... Clo- yeah. yeah. He's, like, he wrote stuff about Cloffy that, like, obviously he was a bit of an abrasive character and, you know, he came across quite arrogant. But, like, he took in... I think he took in a couple of kids, basically, and just, le- le- like, lived with the kids for months months and months on end and had an amazing good quality about himself and like came from a proper working class Middlesbrough back, uh, background and kind of as much as he was aloof he was actually a people's person as well very much so yeah all this, all this stuff is, is definitely worth reading like I think yeah. like at Derby he won the league with Dar- Derby County they got they really got done in the Cup, European Cup semi-final referee against Juventus fell out with the, chairman. Out with the chairman then went the Leeds thing happened Taylor wasn't there then they went to Forest for a second division team brought them into the first division won the first division were not a team who gave away they weren't a dirty team and he hated that yeah and uh, then they won the two European Cups and then when Taylor went to Derby it was never the same and Forest were still like they'd win League Cups they'd be high up in the league but they'd never win they never get to the place that they were again and uh, yeah. then, then it all went uh, well he, he wasn't like he probably wasn't like there's, there are some like Roy Keane obviously was another player who played under him and Roy Keane if he is to get into management again which obviously is up, up in the air but if he is I think his assistant's going to be massive because Cloughy wasn't necessarily a coach he was an amazing motivator um, who what was that line where one of the players said like Cloughy had this idea that he could make you basically look over at him just by the power of his thought on the sideline he had this like amazing persona but he he, he wasn't like he wasn't necessarily a, like a probably wasn't this guy Laura who was like a, an amazing coach like on the training ground it was more so his personality and his ability to spot a player yeah I think he, he, he basically between himself and, and Peter Taylor Peter, Peter got the players in and 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 it was generally it wasn't you know Cluffy wouldn't say great to have you and all those kind of things it sort the deal out for them and the best that he possibly could 
And he, he just said, you know, I brought you to play the way where you played at your previous club. Now get on with it. Yeah. And, and that that literally was it. It really, you know, how can and if you think about it, how can you tell Shilton how to keep gold? You know, st- stuff stuff like that. So no, that's 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 the way that he was. But he just everybody loved to play for him. And by the way, they were frightened to death of him as well. Which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but that's the way that it was. Well, he he wouldn't he wouldn't survive nowadays. And the one thing that should be said about Cloughy as well is that he was a very very good footballer. And yeah. that was yeah. like he got into Manchester. I think he was. I can't remember. He had to get into management. Was he out of his 20s, JD? He, yeah, was, he, was, he, he was, was very, very well, young. Yeah, yeah. But he had that horrific... Um, the injury, yeah. The injury. Three so yeah. Two on goal and the keeper sort of, I don't know, it was like an agricultural challenge, probably normal for the day, but it was very unfortunate because he was a very good footballer. Goals in the Premier League. Uh, Tottenham 3, Southampton 1. So a Mohamed Salesu uh, own goal. And, uh, second is on, JD. The charge to second. I thought it was going to be... It'll probably be first by the end of the yeah. show. Uh, Newcastle hey, won. Yeah. Have you, did you see, I don't know if you noticed, but did you see the half-time score for Burton Albion? Bristol well, Rovers. The, is it Bristol Rovers, was it? Well, the three-nil three, three down, but they got a player sent off in the first minute <laughs> of the first game of the new season. Who'll be a manager? But, Joe, but Joey Barton is the manager of Bristol Rovers, who this week chucked out three of the players, and including Trevor Clark, who's an Irish oh, yeah. guy. But in the, the most dramatic, like you talk about how managers have changed now and things that like don't happen now. Joey Barton just going to the press and saying, "I'm throwing out these three players, senior players. Here's the reason I'm chucking them out," and basically went to town on the players. Um, wow. And they're now winning four 0 today. Connor Shaughnessy was the guy sent off in the. He's, uh, he's Irish. Yeah, he's from uh, Galway. In the yeah. very first minute um, Newcastle score by the way against Nottingham Forest uh, 1-0 Fabian Scher with the goal and it's now Spurs 4 Southampton 1 I always have to say folks these are subject to VAR um, but Dejan Kulisevsky uh, the ginger um, the Swedish Palais isn't it or, uh, did you see the moment earlier in the Liverpool game when um, they scored a goal um, and I think it was Robertson he must have been 4 or 5 yards offside and yeah. I don't know. Like it does frustrate me a bit, Laurel. I know. I know the the linesman. Like basically, he knows. Well, what's the point in this? Because like it's going to go to VAR. But like they scored a goal, and for that brief moment, you had this moment of like Liverpool are one 0 up here, and like literally Robertson was about five yards offside. Yeah. I it just wrecks my head a bit because like the, I mean the linesman can clearly see he's he hasn't become a bad linesman overnight. Just put up your flag. Well, the whole point of the rule now is you let the but you let the the plays because yeah. uh, if if people stop when the flag goes up and then it's then the player wasn't offside yeah so like but he I, was literally four or five yards no, it's it's infuriating but I still think it's probably better than the alternative uh, five three on a six great to hear the stories about Clough then you have the side that John Giles gives fascinating Niall and Talad you can always hear John on a Thursday night uh, on off the ball um, Newcastle this season Mark probably consolidation is it for them and Eddie Howe. Yeah, I think they've got, to, they've got to be looking to be top 10 with, with the money that they've got. They'll probably buy another couple of players, I would have thought, won't they? Um, yeah, so so top 10. Um, baby steps, really, still, isn't it? I think they've got a really good manager that everybody accepts. And I mean, the top scorer last night was, uh, sorry, last year was Callum Wilson still, wasn't it? Was it yeah, was eight, seven? Goals, eight goals and eight goals, games. Eight yeah. goals. So, obviously, that needs that needs to be looked at and addressed. And um, but yeah, I think they're just you know, the less fuss about them as far as they're concerned, the better. Which means they were just you know softly, softly getting up into a position where the next season you know they start to challenge maybe for Europe. Well, that's what the Saudis are all interested in golf now at the moment, aren't they? That's so. it. Like it's, it's, yeah. there's going to be a terrible mistake, and Cameron Smith will turn up at the training ground or something. 
they've just got, they've just got their signings all wrong. Well, like a couple of golfers. That's good because like they haven't they haven't like they haven't gone mad. Like no. people probably maybe there was a part of people thinking they're well, going to go. they're going to go crazy, but they haven't had their sort of you know. I don't Rubinho, know, Rubinho, Rubinho, I was, yeah, I was yeah, exactly yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. that, JD. Like they haven't done something like that. So um, he's a shrewd operator, Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's no links, of course, between any of these. Uh, uh, they're, they're all independent entities. The the people behind Newcastle and and Live Golf, of course. The 19 games last season, JD. If you were to do the title in terms of um, Newcastle were third. Is that what you're going to ask? Newcastle were third. Yeah, Liverpool the, were yeah, yeah, since the uh, start of the year. Yeah. 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 So there were 19 games. If you were second, literally the second half of the season, Newcastle were third. Um, so he did a phenomenal job, and everyone in Galway is obviously. Uh, keen to see will Alex Murphy um, break in at some yes, stage. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so he's he's been in. He's been. I think he was in the first team squad for one of the friendly games that they had. Um, and uh, it's obviously a long, uh, a long way from. I'd say he's a bit away. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit away. I wouldn't put too much pressure on him. To but uh, he's young, yeah. and um, yeah, hopefully it'll work out for him. Um, and we're all, uh, we're all uh, hoping that he does very well in Galway. Can we say the same about Evan Ferguson then at Brighton that he might get a chance to get breaking in? Well, he's he's way closer than Murphy. I mean, he was on the bench fifteen times last season. I think Evan, or certainly double figure number of times. Now he only played once. Um, I think it was a Burnley came on against. Um, and like Brighton again, like their their squad doesn't seem like it's stacked. Yeah. With options, um, they've 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 let a couple of players go this summer now in slightly different positions. Although I suppose Aaron Connolly's moved on. Um, he's so highly rated, Ferguson, and I don't know. You would you would think at some stage might the plan be that he would go out on loan, uh, and and that would be the next step. But I I wasn't really sure what the thing was about last year that that Potter had him on the bench pretty much every week. But there was games where you're thinking um, there were two or three in a lot. This like game it. is dead or this yeah. game is won. But it, I think maybe in some ways it's a compliment to him that it's uh, it's they want him to experience it and be around. Maybe in another way it's a point of showing to the people at the club our, our squad isn't that deep here or something, you know. And and we have we have this young kid in the bench, but he's clearly very highly rated, and I'd love to see him get some more minutes. I assume EFL Cup he'll start. Um, and um, he's a player to be excited by but again you're sort of conscious of not piling too much on too soon there's some Irish scorers in um, the championship Shane Long with a penalty yeah, for Reading yeah. they lead Cardiff 2-1 uh, Jimmy Dunn has scored for QPR 3-2 up against Middlesbrough Sheffield United 2 Millwall 0 uh, Stoke 1 Blackpool 0 it is Swansea 0 Blackburn Rovers 2 there's an Irish scorer and that's Sammy Smodics who you got uh, it right I, I, was, yeah. I, I was actually going to defer to you on that because yeah well I'm not sure if that's right but I mean I've just yeah, given it yeah. a go like, JD you may not be right but if you try and say it with conviction and think you're right yeah, people yeah. will think you're right yeah. as well yeah. um, I told often enough becomes the truth two and, two and a half million quid or so he moved for during the summer but he was only called up to one Irish squad the end of last season um, and hasn't really been involved since he's from he's got a Hungarian blood in his family so that's where the, the surname comes from but was he was, was he from Peterborough? Yes, that's the one, Lauro. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's twenty six now. Like he's right. not he's not sort of young. Like, but he's um, no. He's he was, I was I was speaking to someone, John Coleman at Atkinson Stanley, tried to tried to buy him. I mean, they haven't got the money, but he was just saying he was by far and away the best player that Peterborough had when they played against them. Right. Okay. John Coleman, another character as well. <laughs> oh, one of the proper characters in football. Some good stories about him. Yeah, um, he was manager of Sligo Rovers when they beat Rosenborg away. I think wasn't he the, well, the first leg many years ago? Yeah, he had, he had a stint here. Their yeah. Norwegian trip yeah, wasn't so good this week. Yeah. Um, um, it'll be interesting to see the, the, the Everton team when it comes in. JD uh, speaking of Irish players, with Coleman start. Where is he's, he? No, he's injured. He, he's injured. Okay. he only played yeah. for the twenty threes last night, so he's okay. Be okay. Uh, Preston nil, Hull nil, Burnley one, Luton one, Bristol City two, Sunderland two. 
and I finished uh, Norwich 1, Wigan 1 earlier on. Still Bournemouth 1, Aston Villa 0, Leeds 1, Wolves 1, Newcastle 1, Nottingham Forest 0 and Tottenham 4, Southampton 1. The best message we've got today from Owen Cummins on YouTube. Thanks, Owen. Love the show, lads. Listening in live from Ha Giang in North Vietnam on a sleeper bus to Hanoi. Wow. I couldn't miss the first football Saturday of the Premier League season. Keep up the good work. Isn't that a great trip? Modern technology. Great trip as well. He's going to Hanoi, is it? Yeah. yeah. Have you been? Oh yeah, I've done. I've, I've travelled Vietnam. Okay. Um, it's many years ago now, but um, oh yeah, terrific. I'm very. Um, uh, it's a good time of the year to be doing that as well. Yeah. Alan, uh, Alan Patchell, the referee, um, he texted me in to admonish me for calling the linesman, uh, the linesman, when he said he's assistant referee, but he was doing... Uh, Wouldn't be like referees to be pedantic, John. Doing one of the, the women's games today uh, and 500 at the game uh, in the League of Ireland, which is not the, the, bad. This is the quarterfinals of the Cup, so yeah. Bohemians won. It was the Bowes game, yeah. Yeah, they beat Sligo by three goals to one. And a very close match. Like th- these teams have been really going at it the last couple of seasons. Piedmont and Shelburne, and Shelburne won by three goals to two, starting to the semi-finals of the Evoke.ie FEI Women's Cup. Um, Laro, I mean, uh, have you? Was the the, the strangest uh, sleeper train you were on? Probably you, you've travelled the world, you know. Just only this through. is live radio, Laro. It's live radio. Only, yeah, no, only, only through football. Wherever wherever I've gone, generally has been through football. I mean, um, we played in the Sudan. Right. We we um, the, the the lady at the football club at, at uh, Liverpool. She was um, obviously delivered. She delivered all the babies of the players, right? And the, obviously the wives and stuff like that. And uh, the president of um, his name was President Namieri of, of Sudan, and his wife came across to Liverpool to have a. A baby's delivered by this lady, Mrs. Francis. That was her name, Mrs. Francis. Anyway, struck up conversations. Anyway, about one Christmas time, um, we had, didn't have a game for five or six days. We got invited to play in a cartoon um, where the white and the blue Nile meet, I think. And our lot, our lot as in the, our lot being the, the, the uh, board and everything, said, oh, that'd be a great trip. So we went um, and he sent his private plane for us. It wasn't like... Luxurious. It was just a plane that he that he sent for us, and all good. And I remember we checked into the hotel, and a really nice hotel, new hotel, recently built, over the banks of the, the Nile and everything. And they said, "Oh, your your, your dinner tonight was this was kind of four or five in the afternoon. Your dinner tonight is on the banks of the Nile in a buffet." And we all turned up at seven o'clock for the dinner, and the, the food was all covered in flies, which wasn't a good start. <laughs> and we, the flies and we obviously had, liked it. Yeah. And we actually we actually spent three almost three days apart from sleeping in the in the British embassy playing snooker and drinking, um, which which you kind of do. Apart from the fact we went and did a we shot a little bit of a film in the uh, in cartoon, which was like oh no you you wouldn't want to go back there. But it it was. It was entertaining. I think we drew in the game one one. <laughs> Whatever about what a man! I was just looking up uh, Mr. Nimieri there as well. I see at one point he was elected president uh, with ninety eight point six percent of the vote. So uh, he obviously oh, the other a, three he had a bit of authority authority ba- <laughs> back home. I would have thought. Um, Laura, whatever about pool and boozing. I'm not sure snooker and boozing go together, would it? Yeah, well, but any, anything in boozing goes together, doesn't it? Or did? Responsibly, Laura, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously responsible, obviously. Obviously, yeah. We've got to take a break here on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk 53106. We're back after this. 
Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five in the company of Mark Lawrence and Dan McDonald and Johnny Ward. Leeds have gone ahead two one against Wolves. Their biggest signing of the summer, Brandon Harrison, the United States international, has scored. Uh, to put them 2-1 in front. Patrick Bamford with the assist there at Elland Road. So an important goal for Leeds. Let's go through the teams for Everton, Chelsea here. A half-five start at Goodison. So Everton either going to play a three, uh, you know, maybe five at the back, according to the Premier League. We'll see what happens. But Pickford in goal, um, it's going to be uh, Nathan Patterson, who's come in uh, this season on the right. Uh, we know that Coleman is injured. Tarkovsky, Mina, uh, ben Godfrey and Mikolenko. Then we have Damari Gray, uh, Decore, uh, Iwobi and Dwight McNeil and Anthony Gordon in a in a forward position. And then for Chelsea, 3-4-3, three, three, Mendy in goal. We have Aspilicueta, the captain, uh, Thiago Silva and Koulibaly. Then in the midfield, we have uh, Rhys James and Ben Chilwell on the flanks with Conte and Jorginho in the middle. Raheem Sterling plays with Mason Mount and Kai Havertz as the false nine. So, Laro, uh, the blue side of, of Liverpool... Is there confidence that Frank Lampard can keep them safe? No, I don't think there is, uh, to, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, Calvert-Lewin's obviously out again for six weeks. They haven't really got a striker, although they'll try and get one in. Um, I think they tried to shore up the, the back, which sounds like they're going to play with a with a three, most definitely. But it, in, in all honesty, it was only that, that, that game that, you know, where the crowd got them over the line right at the end of the season because... They've just, they've got, they are and just look very, very ordinary apart from the odd player. And I think it's been another really difficult season for them. And without any strikers, who, who's going to score the goals? Lost Richarlison. He, he was the boy who, towards the end of the season, made all the difference as well as the crowd. And I just think it's going to be a really, really tough season for them. A bit like the, the first Liverpool goal earlier, JD. That is an own goal, I'm pretty sure. Um, the second goal for Leeds Right, so it's yeah. not, Ar- not Aronson I'm pretty sure it's an own goal yeah. and It was celebrating You were just talking about him here um, on the break uh, Nathan Collins it's, it's, it's an education for him He sort of tried to play Bamford offside uh, Didn't um, Bamford, who's a cracking player obviously um, Stole a yard and got the cross in So um, Dan was saying I haven't really been watching the game Nathan Collins is playing well He's been very good but yeah. Aronson's been given the goal According to the panel yeah, it was, it was clearly an, clearly an own goal looking at it there, um, but it was all about the ball by Bamford and just breaking the off li- offside trap by like literally inches. Um, but yeah, it'll be an education for Collins. Um, you know, he's come a long way in a short space of time. Um, back in the Premier League, obviously. Um, but this is disappointing because you thought when they went one nil up, they'd at least get a draw. Here's a question for you: What was the bigger result during the week, Shamrock Rovers or St Pat's? Oh, Pat's by a million miles. Yeah, it would have been the Pat's one certainly because um, I mean Shamrock Rovers are playing the champions of uh, North Macedonia. Um, and it's an amazing opportunity for them. Like they're three one up now, and they can you know secure group stage football on Tuesday. But Pats are having a very up and down season, and Seska Sofia are like you know are a massive club. Christo Stoichkov was the guy that they were showing before the <laughs> game in the ground. The you're like you're you're watching it on RT News now, and the first person you see is Christo Stoichkov in the stand. You're yeah. like this is a big club. They had well they had Alan Pardew of course last year yeah. uh, as their director of football or something like that. Um, but yeah, Pats haven't been having a terrific season, but it was just as well JD that they won it was that they deserved to win I right. think that was the thing for me like you'll, you'll have big wins where someone has made you know had 20 shots or something and you know ricochets off the bar and defenders 
like thrown themselves in front of it. It was actually a pretty controlled, uh, mature display, um, and they've had loads of time to reflect on it because they're still in Bulgaria. Uh, they can't <laughs> get mad, out. Like. So uh, they're meant to be playing shells tomorrow. This and, kind of thing that Lara would be telling us that he got stranded in Bulgaria for and a few days. Back pool in the 80s. And yeah, like they haven't been taken there by the local president or whatever to play uh, <laughs> to play snooker. Laro, somewhere. can you get over to Sofia actually? <laughs> um, but uh, they great chance for Bamford there, JD. But they can't, they can't, they can't get back. So their game tomorrow is off. But I, I don't think that will. Damien Duff not happy. Damien Duff far from happy, I gather. But uh, it's not going to inconvenience Pat's preparations for the game on Thursday because there's a lot at stake for them I mean there's more at stake for Rovers on Tuesday but the, the Pats won the sense of achievement I think would have been bigger yeah. than group after. So, so Sligo won two games um, but they were obviously started around earlier Pats got a buy into the second round and um, you know I thought it was a fair achievement to beat Mora who are like they're not great but they're not bad and they would have been expecting to beat Pats that's like, a team who would have beaten Spurs in, for, for context yeah, so, so they beat Spurs. by the way 4-1 up against Southampton today Yeah, yeah just going to finish second in the league <laughs> yeah. um, but no so, so Pats went over there Jiddy but like in the first half against Mora the, the first game was one all in Inchicore and I thought Pat should have won the game it was a bad goal to give away but like other than that they were the better team um, but they went over to Mura and in the first half like for a League of Ireland team one all in the second leg it's 60% of the ball in the first half it's a hell of an achievement and it wasn't like pointless possession like some of the early Ireland games under Stephen Kenny this was really like good play and if you have the ball you're not going to concede and against Sofia like Sofia had virtually did one chance in the game I think one chance which um, Joseph Anang who's this kid who's on loan from uh, West Ham he kind of spilled it and then he got the rebound but other than that um, if Pats had made better decision making in the final third I think they would have scored earlier and I, I've made this point a million times you need pace in games like this and young Serge that they brought on Dan has, I think Dan has written about him and a few people have written about his backstory was quite mad he's really really quick and it was a bit of a long punt what was it like 3-4 three, three, minutes to go a long punt by the Pats player and it was this moment like that's a kind of a horror show for a defender where the ball is bouncing and he has it in his head he's going and head it back to the goalkeeper but the ball kind of took a bounce that basically slowed its uh, its progression mid-air and he couldn't get any pace on his on his back header and you were almost seeing it you were almost seeing this happen in slow motion Pats could actually profit here Serge goes in he's blistering pace gets in and scores the goal and I think what was one of the heartwarming things for me was I was like Dan I was in Tallaght for the Rovers game um, but I, I went um, into the members bar to watch because they had the game on TV and there was a real roar among the Rovers fans when Pat scored which I thought was quite nice because Stephen Bradley spoke about it after the game and it's, it's a rare thing in Ireland we really do want other teams to do well in Europe even though in some respects, not like, everyone, Johnny. Not yeah, everyone. most people do. But like, is, is it is it good for Go United if Shamrock Rovers get three million to get into Conference League? Probably not. But there's just a thing with the League of Ireland where we feel that you know we're on a journey with this, and we actually do want other teams to do well. And the, the Rovers fans were cheering on Pats on Thursday. Just to night. say, Johnny, you teased the story. This uh, people might have seen that goal during the week. Serge Atakai is his name. John, who scored, um, he was born in the Congo, and he's he went to play in a football tournament in Finland when he was maybe ten or eleven years of age, right. and sought asylum there. Okay, so he stayed there. Um, his family remained home in Congo, and he just stayed in Finland. Um, having been you know, brought there for a football tournament and sort of met a life there 
subsequently played underage football for Finland got a move to Glasgow Rangers under Stephen Gerrard played in one of an early Stephen Gerrard game broke his ankle when Gerrard had thrown him into the side so there was and no daily like, connection in the Rangers thing apart from that he knew him in Finland he, no daily had, 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 I think it just was aware of him because yeah. he was in Scotland but then he was in Finland but he's we're like, talking about assistant but coaches he, John Daly was basically yeah, instrumental not to take it off off, uh, off, tra- off track but like he's he's 23 years of age I think 22 and he's had this amazing sort of football life that football effectively brought him to Europe brought him away from a situation at home which I think was quite difficult um, now still speaks to his family back at home all the time and he's now just he's been dropped into Ireland a month ago uh, he, I think he met his debut having not met any other players before and what two or three weeks later he's over in Bulgaria scoring this goal that you see his celebration sort of you know, that picture would have been you know, a big deal sort of on the UEFA side or whatever if you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that's the thing about these Early stage European games that clearly, like you have the Sasilic is their manager. You, you have the uh, sorry, John. Yeah, like you have the the sort of the incredible sort of Premier League, the global power of the Premier League that's all you know, like it's taken over our lives and and the appeal of it. But so you look at somebody's European ties during the week, and you have a lot of these players involved who it hasn't quite happened for for whatever reason, mm. but yet they get to be elevated and to enjoy like yeah. some of these sort of magic moments and. Um, while Pats, if they get through this tie, and I really hope they do, they've got a job to do to sort of prolong their efforts. Um, you do have a situation where the Shamrock Rovers players are travelling over to Macedonia now, knowing that if they can just hold on to a two-goal lead, they're going to be involved in European football all the way through to November, and they're going to be involved on Thursday nights. Well, you know, Champions League Tuesday, Wednesday, but you will have an Irish club there on the Thursday, and some of the best days of their lives could be coming in the next couple of months if they can just see out this tie. Yeah, and Dan, Dan has spoken about this before. Like the, the Champions route is the way to go if you can, if you can obviously win the league. If you don't, it's incredibly hard to get into the group stages. But Pats are like hopefully one game off, and I'm I'm watching the game the other night, JD, and I know like. I spoke to Tim Clancy afterwards like we have a massive challenge to win but they're 1-0 up and there was nothing in that game to suggest Pats shouldn't be good enough to win or at least get a draw the next night and it's it's a home away from home in Tala but like I hope it sells out I hope um, people get behind Pats because I think this is a hell of an achievement and as Dan has written about uh, a piece in the newsletter as, as well this week about the, the, the job Tim Clancy has done he inherited a, a situation that wasn't straightforward in that Pats had won the cup last year. They'd finished second, which it was hard to see them doing any better than that. He came in. Some players had been signed that he may or may not have wanted at the club. Like it's debatable, or whatever. But he, he didn't sign them himself. And they've had a patchy, patchy run in the league. They lost to Watford in the cup at home last Sunday. But in the middle of this, they're on this amazing European odyssey. And just to see players like uh, Serge, but also Chris Forrester, see him at that level and and the quality of Pats football, I thought at times like. If you weren't a League of Ireland fan, you were watching like this is good, and I, I think they'll be very good on Thursday, and I think at, they'll go through. At some stage across the season, John, I'm sure will have owned Doyle maybe back in, and ah yeah, we hope to it, get it, him today actually, but yeah, he's in so the travel. So but that's, that's I think enough, you know? it'd be interesting to hear from someone like him who's experienced a lot in English football and and Scottish football, but particularly in England, had some great experiences. But I'm sure he'll have some good tales from from these European nights. On the, yeah, the most important thing I think is the stories. To be honest, the stories, yeah, the stories that are surging. The most important thing in in, in life is is obviously the, the Play is really important, but the the connection you have with a team or with the with, with the story. Well, we, we but Gary O'Neill from Kerry, for yeah, example, like Gar- Gary yeah. O'Neill from Kerry pops in the goal on on Thursday, like from Tralee. Like there's there's a handful of professional footballers from Kerry that exist, you know, actively anywhere at the moment. Most like, play for the Gaelic He would have played with uh, David Clifford when he was younger, right. sort of in, in the Kennedy Cup. A bad baller. Yeah, he was a centre half. So um, again, like the idea that sort of someone from Kerry, you know, is, is sort of scoring a goal in football to get a team 
team to a group stage is potentially. But you know, um, the bad thing about Gary O'Neill was right when when Rovers played Milan last year, and there are, like so some players like obviously you're playing Milan, Zlatan was playing, and like these are levels. Milan were obviously vastly superior. I thought Gary O'Neill was outstanding that night. It was like this lad is able to hold his own at this level. But he, the strange thing about him, JD, is because you've the likes of Jack Byrne and Danny Mandroy, who's now left, Graham Burke, Dylan Watts, you've all these offensive players, Richie Towell. Gary O'Neill has been sacrificed as a holding midfielder, but he's a lot more than that. And he showed, like, he had a great shot uh, after about an hour that was saved. And that goal, like, I think a 2-1, Rovers have jitters if it's 2-1, Dan. Like, I oh, they were definitely, they were good stage. in the second half, in fairness, um, Scoopy. Like, they were good, and they got a goal, they deserved a goal. But at 3-1, you're thinking, and Gary's goal could be worth 3 million to them. Literally. And Shippier, of course, had their issues getting <laughs> to Dublin, which was uh, they overcame the, the, the statement of the week um, when they obviously they, they took aim at the evil of the Irish government who uh, stopped them from landing in Dublin. They even, had a Macedonia. Even though no one else is, uh, the Irish clubs can't even get out of Dublin Airport at the moment. Uh, Marit Jans has put Celtic 2-1 up against Ross County. It is Rangers 1, Kilmarnock 0. These matches approaching full-time in the Scottish Premiership. Motherwell 1, St Johnston 1. Uh, Aberdeen 3 St Mirren 1 so is it John Goodman there doing uh, Jim, Jim Jim Goodwin Good, Jim Goodwin I'm always getting mixed up between the two of them um, they're doing well Aberdeen uh, Championship it, uh, finished earlier on Norwich 1 Wigan 1 latest scores Bristol City 2 Sunderland 3 Burnley 1 Luton 1 it is Preston 0 Hull 0 QPR 3 Middlesbrough 2 Reading 2 Cardiff 1 it is Sheffield United 2 Millwall 0 Stoke 2 Blackpool 0 and Swansea 0 Blackburn 3 and in the Premier League Aston Villa 2-0 down now Yeah. Uh, Kiefer Moore with the second goal so Bournemouth are going to win that we should, we should mention Mark Travers as well but he's one Irish player in the yeah. Premier League we haven't mentioned who started and looks like he's having a good afternoon Leeds 2 Wolves 1 Newcastle 2 Nottingham Forest nil. just get, get that second goal scorer up Fabian Scher scored the first goal for the Magpies who got the second one Ka- Callum Wilson, Wilson. yeah mm. you'll need to get a few more as you said Laura and Spurs 4 Southampton 1 so comprehensive win for Spurs today Laro so Liverpool going to win the league Laro Spurs are coming second so who are your top four Laro my top four, uh, Liverpool, City, Tottenham, Arsenal. And who's going to win the Golden Boot? Oh my God, Salah. And who's going down? Uh, I've gone, um, I think Bournemouth, apart from the result today, will go. I still think maybe that, I think Brentford might go. Oh. I think it's a massive season for them, yeah. And maybe Southampton. Okay. Uh, who's going to win the World Cup, Lara? Brazil. Okay, Dan. The World Cup. It just—it's—it's—it's almost like a, <laughs> it's like it's like mastermind. France. It's like I master. Think, I think France. France will win the World Cup. I think France. Who's going to win yeah. the Premier League? Man City. I, I think Man City. Yeah. Your top four are. Yeah, Man City, Liverpool. I do think Spurs will be in there. Yeah. Um, and Arsenal. Maybe it's yeah. I think maybe Chelsea will still reverse into fourth at the end. You know, they'll just arrive. Reverse into fourth. No, they're, they're not reverse. Accelerate at the end, maybe into fourth. <laughs> top yeah. scorer. Haaland and who's going down yeah I have a sneaky one for Brentford as well too I think Forest potentially as well I know they've the manager is very well regarded but they've had a lot of turnover see I was going to put Fulham in there should I change my opinion yeah. are they going are, to are are turn into Watford <laughs> yeah. after, are they going to turn into Watford after Christmas you know and, and have a different manager and stuff um yeah I, I'll stick with Fulham I, I mean don't change your opinion on the basis of one game but I think I might be wrong uh, you'd, you said top scorer, didn't you? And you Haven't. said France will win the World Cup. Yeah. Um, Little Big Bear, by the way, won the Phoenix Stakes. It's overpriced, JD. 13 to 8. Mm. Ryan Moore riding for Aidan O'Brien, the big race of the day. 
at the Curra. Can I mention uh, before we finish up, um, just give a mention to uh, Ronan Heron, uh, a neighbour of mine who got me into cycling two years ago and earlier today he did the 555 um, and if you're into cycling, the 555 is 555k on the bike in one go. Uh, in Donegal with a lot of climbing, uh, 7,162 metres climbed. Um, he did it on the Atos bike um, he, and he's Ronan's in his early 50s and he did it with it in, in 24, less than 24 hours. Uh, he was 23 and a half hours on the bike with the odd break in between. And uh, I'm very, very proud of what he achieved. And uh, he tells me three people from Ardran, Donegal, uh, completed one finished fifth, but uh, Ronan, that's an incredible achievement. Um, and just shows you can, you, you might slow down, but uh, as you get older, but um, you can always cycle. Congratulations, Ronan, fair play to you. Um, what am I gonna go for? Um, Man City, Spurs, Liverpool, and Arsenal. Um, Kane to win the Golden Boot. Brazil going to win the World Cup and to go down Southampton, Fulham and Bournemouth. Mm. Laura, Laura, are you still on the bike, are you? I am. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> would you be on it? Would you be, would you go out much sure on the bike or? Say again. Sorry, I, I said he's still on the bike. We were talking about cycling here. I'm on the bike. You know what? I thought he said he's still on the mic, which is why I said, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't listen. I don't listen Listen to what that guy's done, which is unbelievable. I'm nothing I'm nothing like that. But um, yeah, still go out on it. So do a bit of gym and stuff like that. I do over 10,000 steps a day walking, which is my big one now. That's incredible, Laurel. What? 10,000 yeah, steps? Yeah, every day. And, I did it this morning. I've done it by half ten, and I'm up to thirteen and a half now. But I've been sat on my backside for two hours, so I'll have to do something yeah. else. Well, we appreciate you appreciate you doing that. Uh, you haven't been no problem. The show, but, uh, I quite know. appreciate sitting on the backside myself. To be honest, John, yeah, don't we yeah. all? Don't we all? Um, <laughs> Laro, thanks, man. Pleasure. Mark Lawrence. Cheers, guys. Mark Lawrence thanks, is there, and uh, Dan and Johnny. So um, hopeful about the new season. Obviously, Ireland is coming up, isn't it? The women's team first, and then the men's team. Yeah, like there's a lot going on at the moment. I mean, like the Premier League comes into our world when, as you, as you mentioned, like you know, the, the, the stories in Europe, the clubs in Europe are sort of very, like, you know, potentially can, can be elongated. And as you mentioned, yeah, September is an international month. So um, the rhythm of the year is unusual because of Qatar, that sort of Qatar-shaped hole in the middle of it. So there's so much football being crammed into the next couple of months that there's almost no time to breathe, really. You know, um but I mean, I suppose it's it's better that than sitting here during the pandemic with nothing to talk about. Yeah, no. if you remember those World Cup days, really. well, that well, they, made, were, they were good to yeah, talk about. But that, I mean, yeah. that made the show, lads. There for three years, you know. Eventually, those days are over. You're gonna uh, have to listen to us talk about current events from now on. Yeah, um, and Stephen Kenny, when are we gonna have this? You know, when when are we back in the Republic of Ireland? So there's two games at the end of September. So they play. Uh, You'll be 40 by then, Dan. I will. I'll be 40 then and I'll be celebrating it by watching Ireland play Scotland away and Armenia at home, which is okay. how I always imagined it. And then they're going to have two friendlies in November. But I think the big day in the diary uh, is October the 9th, which is the draw for the Euro qualifying group next year. JD, that's that's the one that's going to decide everything, really. Mm. All right, Dan and Johnny, thanks so much. Thanks, as always for uh, your contribution and great to have you back on Football Saturday for the new season here on Off the Ball on News Talk a full-time score Newcastle 2 Nottingham Forest nil in the Premier League full-time score Tottenham 4 Southampton 1 latest scores Bournemouth 2 Aston Villa 0 and Leeds 2 Wolves 1 in the Championship 
Um, all these matches going into injury time. Swansea nil, Blackburn three is actually a result now. Stoke two, Blackpool nil, a latest latest score. Sheffield United two, Millwall nil. Reading two, Cardiff one, QPR three, Middlesbrough two, Preston nil, Hull nil, Burnley one, Luton one, and Bristol City two, Sunderland three. It finished earlier on. Norwich one, Wigan one, Leeds have one at home to Wolves two one for Jesse Marsh's side at Elland Road. It's ended in Scotland. Celtic three, Ross County one, and Rangers two, Kilmarnock nil, and Aberdeen four. St Mirren 1 and Motherwell 1 St Johnston 2 all of these results just coming in now the only latest score is between uh, Bournemouth and Aston Villa as I just speak that's gone full time as well so Bournemouth 2 Aston Villa and the result Everton and Chelsea kick off at half 5 thanks so much for your company today folks we've got to leave it there don't forget off the ball back between 1 and 7 tomorrow here on News Talk, Joe Malloy in the chair with the news that OTV Sports has agreed a three-year deal for exclusive Premier League commentaries on Sundays here on News Talk. We have two live games to bring you. Nathan Murphy and Brian Kerr will bring you the call on Manchester United's game against Brighton from Old Trafford. That kicks off at two. Then we're off to the London Stadium for Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham's call of the match between West Ham United and the champions Manchester City. That is all on the FM, folks. There's also the Sunday paper review across the OTV digital and social channels from half 11 in the morning with Joanna Reardon and Declan Lynch. So be, be sure to join us tomorrow digitally first and then on the FM for some great commentaries and conversation. If you miss any of the Saturday panel reviewing the Sporting Week with Michael Verney and Timmy McCarthy or any of OTB Football Saturday with Mark Lawrence and Dan McDonnell and Johnny Ward, you'll be able to find a podcast of our content on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back, folks, wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening to us on your radio here on News Talk today. We'll speak tomorrow. Bye-bye. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports